As I search for the white dove, I wonder if she searches for me. Or if my hopes of finding her are nothing more than an ill-conceived fantasy. You see... Before you before you oh. go to the next question, I wasn't done answering the previous. Oh, one. my bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah, and so <laughs> salutations, mortals, and welcome to From the Jump. I'm your host Oaken, and today we have a very special guest, all the way in some island somewhere before the, the whole pandemic lockdown. Beauty, how are you doing? Please let these people know who you are, what you do, and why you're on From the Jump. Hello, Nico. Hello, everybody. Um, thank you for having me. I think that this is an amazing thing that you're doing. It's always um, beautiful to see people shining a light on, on Namibian creatives or creatives anywhere in the world, especially us, um, us small timers. <laughs> um, yeah, so my name is Beauty Boyce. I also go by Sage Smoke. That's my stage name. Um, I am, gosh, where do I start? <laughs> Um, as a creative, I, <laughs> I'm a poet. Um, I've been a poet since I was, since I could write, you know, since I was like, I don't know, how, how old are you when you learn to write? Like uh, seven, eight? Seven, yeah, seven. But like, okay, okay, no real talk, not since I could write, but like maybe since I was like nine years old. Yeah, that's basically since you could write. Um, yeah. And then, um, you know, I've been, I've been doing poetry, writing a lot. So I started off writing poetry mm -hmm. and then I ventured into spoken word when spoken word Namibia was, was, you know, booming. Oh, such yeah. a beautiful time. Yeah. What an era. Um, and then I've since started kind of going into like flowetry. So mm -hmm. combining my, mu my poetry with music and just exploring, I, I really consider myself an uh, to be an experimentalist because I really like to just like in my everyday life I like to explore I like to play around I like to learn I like to try different things and see what resonates with me exactly. um, yeah so so that's basically it I'm also a writer so obviously like yes I write poetry but like I write stories as well I have a book coming yeah, out yeah I was about to year. say like you, you're almost a published author you can't just say you're a writer you gotta be like yo published baby <laughs> yeah, so um, Unem Press is my publisher and they usually publish academic um, academic content, but I'm, I think I'm the first that's doing a purely fiction, fiction novel, and it's called Ngamku's Escape Fury, so okay. watch out for that. All right. And Let's I've go. actually already started working on my next two novels, so... You know, the creative juices have been flowing and it's, now, it's, it's a beautiful space to be in. Now, that's what we love to see. That's what we love to see. Now, just to give people a little bit more insight into, you know, who you are. You, you, have, a, you have a degree in psychology, yes? Correct. And you have so, a degree uh, in... Man, what's the other thing that you, that you have that, that, that education? Okay, um, okay so, so what I was saying is... I love like the fact that you, you that amazement that we all had when we were kids, you know, and that that will to go out and explore and just be just jovial, you know. Fuck, I mean, like your your spirit <laughs> is just so fucking contagious; it's ridiculous. Like, oh, where do you just, just to interrupt? Like, where do you 
reserve all of this from and like just you know still have all that 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 amazement that you know i i honestly i want to say that it's it's just it's just there it's it's just part of who i am but at the same time like i also do a lot of things to cultivate that energy mm-hmm. um like i'm you know keeping your child like sense of wonder and i don't know that that energy that you were just talking about it's yeah. it's not easy in this world mm-hmm. so you like i constantly have to like pour into myself but like i i do want to say that i feel like we all have like an infinite well of that energy inside of us yeah. but you need to tap into it like that's how it dies that's how you lose your inner child when you allow it to die but like the more you play and explore and just do shit that kids do yeah. um obviously like in an adult in an adult way yeah. um the more you keep that energy and that spirit alive so like that's all i do and I mean it's not even hard work like it's fun like I play around I have so much fun being with myself and like finding mm-hmm. out like being curious and finding out what is this and I want to try this and I want to do that you know yeah. what I mean and I'm not going to let anything stop me like if you've seen little kids like draw a picture can be the <laughs> ugliest shit you've ever seen but they come to you they are proud my son goes around trying to sell his his drawings <laughs> his art for like 50 I'm be on dollars and shit like that and it's like you look at it and it's like uh 50 bucks really but like he believes in himself so much no you know doubt. what i mean and that's all that's all that that's that's all we need to tap into is like the way you used to believe in yourself as a kid and in your art and the things that you create and the things that you put out into this world mm-hmm. and that's like the beautiful thing about like also being a mom now is like my son constantly reminds me that like he doesn't he doesn't care he doesn't give a fuck if you yeah, like straight. his painting his drawing his he likes it that's that the built, point he likes it he likes yeah. it so he's going to promote it mm-hmm. and you know so, yeah. And you know that's a hustler spirit right there if I've ever seen one like you know be like yo hold up man I know I'm I'm, I'm a little kid but like you you bust to part for some money for my hard work on me this thing that's lovely 100% So just going back to uh, your qualifications you know um like I said you have a degree in psychology but you also have a degree in what's another thing um I don't it's know It's a certificate Well yeah so you you have you you basically qualified to teach people not only um English and whatnot but you also guide people through meditative me- meditation work which you've also gone and studied and gotten certifications for right mm-hmm. now yeah. that intersection right this is my question for you that intersection of psychology like you know the whole studied and and the scientific what what one a b c d how it goes to then going to the full-on spiritual you know how meditation helps you you know with your your bond between soul mind body all of that like is there yeah. was it ever a conflict for you while doing both and like experiencing like this or was it more of like a, yeah. like putting two things that shouldn't work together and all of a sudden it works like can you yeah. talk to us about that um so there have there have definitely been conflicts in in terms of like my life as an academic because you know somehow the norm is like you've got to choose you know you're always told that uh this is this poetry thing is a hobby and you're going to grow out of it and you you have to leave that shit behind now you must stay at home you must not study you must go write exams why are you at spoken word why are you at auditions you know that type of thing <laughs> it's kind of frowned upon and and um to be honest i would die of boredom if i didn't have this range of shit and interest in my life 
um i do i do have adhd so i'm able to like bounce my mind just bounces from one thing to the next um but it also takes a lot of effort to kind of like to be like okay now i'm sitting down and now i need to i need to study i have a i have a test i have an exam i have an assignment that's due um i, I need to be able to like know when to prioritize what but at the same time like pouring pouring my all into into all things that that i choose for myself and these are not things that were forced onto myself I've, i i i think i'm blessed and privileged enough to have been able to say i want to study psychology i want to study yoga i want to learn how to teach english yeah um i want to study marketing like all of that shit like i got to choose those things for myself um after like you know obviously like fighting with my very african parents <laughs> <laughs> but i stood my ground and i and i got what i wanted ultimately but like yes absolutely there've been lot, lots of conflicts you know studying psychology and i studied western psychology yes yes so a lot of the things i'm like uh huh wait a minute now was this tested in the african context was this tested in the black yeah. context yeah. do you know what i mean agreed agreed um but but then there are also aspects of psychology that go into that and explore that you know you have community psychology that explores things like black consciousness and mm. and it's it's beautiful to see that nowadays there is like this integration in this marriage between like spirituality and psychology i actually um lived in an ashram in india where i studied yoga psychology so it was western psychology and obviously eastern yoga a, and ayurveda and <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly and and you can only discover that things like that exist yeah. when you are open when you open your mind and your heart and like like that energy that you were talking about mm-hmm. that child like sense of wonder to be able to say hmm maybe i can go live in an ashram for a little bit and see how these two things come together yeah not definitely you know? Yeah. And that's and so, that's an adventurous spirit. That's a full-on adventurous spirit and you know by 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 do and not just thinking about it and saying, you know, oh man, it would be really cool if I could like cuz I was always like, man, I'm gonna go to fucking Tibet, I'm gonna go to a monastery, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go sit with a monk, bro, and we just go look at each other in the eyes and I'm gonna be like, what up, yeah. bro? And I didn't go. When I was in China, I was like, man, that shit way too expensive. I'm going to Malaysia. Fuck this. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and as you said, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. And as you said, like that that sense of wonderment and, and and like i feel all of us have it in us you know and we stop ourselves from reaching it um we, we there's a point where we're like oh man i i would love to you know like go jump on this jumping course and then like i'm going to go have fun and uh oh oh then all of a sudden the things come to your mind oh, oh but i'm a 33 year old man and i'm i'm, yeah. I'm, I'm supposed to be you know all highty toity you know i'm supposed to be hoji whatever the fuck comes to people's oh, minds yeah. like, no i can be seen being so jovial and kid like you know in front of all these other grown ups they're going to think i'm immature and shit like all those thoughts start coming to mind you know and to, yeah. and to you know experience somebody that is like no fuck all that i don't give a fuck i'm going to go jump on the jumping costume <laughs> motherfucker i'm going to enjoy my damn self you know like that that sense of enjoyment and like it's it's lovely to see is all i wanted to say it's it's very lovely to see and i hope you don't stop it Thank you. you know you're always shining positivity everywhere you go it's like i don't even like it's like a, a well that like you don't you ever just get pissed that's my question <laughs> do you just get like to a point where you like you know what fuck all of you man i'm tired of your motherfuckers let just burn niggas <laughs> like, <laughs> try to come for me like try to come for me and then you'll see that side of me you know what i mean like that's it like 
I I respect people and I'm like I'm generally like in a good mood. I'm an optimist. Um and again, it's not just like it's not just like that's the way I am. I do work to cultivate the shit, the yoga, the meditation, the affirmations, the journaling. All of that all of that inner work is 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 what results in in me having that energy and that positivity and that love and respect and all of that. But like I said, try to come for me and you will see that that side of me and people have. People have. There's people who've met me and from jump like they said some shitty racist backhand sexist homophobic shit at the table and i will stop a whole fucking party go to the fucking dj booth cut the music and and check a check a bitch real quick yeah no you know address that I mean? situation yeah so so at the same time you know there's this there's this beautiful mantra i don't know who i don't know who said it first but it's like do no harm mm-hmm. but take no shit mm. And, it was a black woman. It, like, that was a black woman. That's that's straight up and out. A black woman said that shit, yo. It must have been that shit. That sounds like some shit we'd say. Be like, yo. Exactly. Just, just do no harm, my child. But don't take no shit off nobody. Yeah. Like, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So like, I, I like to I don't lie. I enjoy a good drag. I enjoy I enjoy a good confrontation when 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 shit isn't when I know like you are now now you are misbehaving now you are you're stepping out of line and i need to put you back in your place um so that you can know that i'm not i'm not here to be fucked with you know yeah, what i mean i'm not, here, for I'm not here to be fucked with exactly i move with the energy of a thousand strong ancestors mm, so mm. i'm not here to be taken i'm not here to be taken advantage of and i'm not and, here and- to to also um allow things that i know are not okay you know it's not okay right. to 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 speak in certain ways it's not okay to say things that are emotionally traumatizing to mm-hmm. to to other races to to um you know people of different sexual orientations and all of that yeah. stuff so yeah. i will definitely check check you so that's when angry beauty angry beauty comes out and i mean i i would guess a lot of people do try to test you because of all that that positivity that you're always exuding they're like man she ain't going to do nothing you know she must positivity next thing they know they're like oh shit she's damara bro i'm in trouble <laughs> <laughs> now let's let's talk a bit about the fact that you just decided to up and leave you know just before the pandemic went and then then you couldn't get home and then like all this crazy shit like just talk to us a bit about your experience of being stuck in cambodia but not really stuck you know what i mean yeah yeah Okay, so um I've been wanting to to make a big move for a really long time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um you know, and like like you were explaining before, sometimes like fear of the unknown, fear of like oh, what are people going to say? All of those things kind of held me back for for a while. And I had to I had to sacrifice a lot to be here. Cuz I wanted to be here. I did want to be here, but like it also cost a lot of money to to relocate. Yes. So I yes I am stuck, but like I'm stuck where I want where I planned to be stuck because mm. I was planning on relocating, but now um so things just like my plans have just been like altered in in like major 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 ways. I've had yeah. to rethink, re-strategize, re-everything because I couldn't I can't do what I came here to do <laughs> because exactly. of because of the pandemic. But at the same time it's like so we're not really on lockdown. We've never been on lockdown. 
the only things that have really shut down are like schools, universities, and um, couple like clubs, clubs okay, like yeah, festivals, yeah. like reels and gyms probably and and whatnot. Yeah, stuff like that. But like the shops are open, you can go for a walk. You could you could still go and have a drink like at a restaurant. Namibians are hitting you right now. I was teaching a yoga class, and like halfway through, I was like, guys, I'm really hung. No, in the beginning, I was like, guys, I'm really hung over. It was like a live yoga class. I'm like, I'm really hung over. So like, forgive me if I'm a little bit slow paced today. And someone in the comments was like, we are craving that hangover girl and <laughs> now, my family. Now, what I want to ask you is coming from from Namibia, which is a predominantly Christian society. It's going to be a, yeah. a little bit of a crazy question, but uh, let's see how it goes. Um, and then okay. going to a place like Cambodia, which is, as you said, predominantly Buddhist, you know, um, it, is there a big change in the people and like the interactions of people with each other that you can see yeah. just just by those two factors not really anything else but yeah. just in the could you could you just emphasize or, or just give us a little bit more info yeah on that? so i don't want to like i don't want to like really say that that the way the people are here versus back home is is a result of um religion or or spiritual beliefs necessarily or spiritual practices because buddhism isn't a religion it's a practice but i want to say that in namibia we are definitely one we're definitely more westernized than the people over here the people over here have learned how to integrate western culture um obviously as a result of, of colonialism and all of those things but like they've learned to integrate Western culture, but you can see their culture and their practice, spiritual practices everywhere in everything. Mm. You go into a shop, best believe they have their, their, um, their what do you call it, an altar for their, oh, okay. for their ancestors. They've got it set up. They've got their offerings on there. Damn. They've got their incense burning. You go into a shop, you go into a freaking Kamai-owned uh, restaurant or bar, you'll find an altar. Yeah. You will find an answer. That's crazy, yo. Right. (laughs) I mean, imagine being in Namibia and going in frequenting, like just going to like a shop or a bar or restaurant, and you see there's an altar um, revering ancestors. (laughs) That's gonna be wild. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I, I would have loved to grow up in in that where Mm. we are openly acknowledging our ancestors, openly giving them offerings, openly practicing gratitude and and all of those beautiful things. So that's what I really love about the way the Kamai people um, live, you know? They love their spirituality. And um, so I, I wanna say, but like, like Namibian people are generally very peaceful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to a fault. <laughs> and I, yeah. Like, I get you. <laughs> we, we, I, I can't really go ahead and say we are peaceful people, but then every day there's a woman being yeah. raped or killed. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. so um, I don't really know. I feel like the the people over here are are more peaceful. Um, crime, mm. I in my experience, a lot lower. I don't get catcalled here. I don't get groped here. I've I've been here for almost four months now. I haven't got catcalled once. I haven't been looked at with lustful eyes once. I haven't no. been groped once. And and I've spoken to a lot of other women who've come from from Southern Africa that live here, and even from even African American women that live here. Mm-hmm. Same thing. 
now now would you say because that's that i find that very interesting and why i say i find that very interesting and this is something that i always try to allude to is the way that the west or western media portrays you know asian countries or the eastern the eastern world is very much for me the same way that a lot of western media has portrayed africa in the past you know it's it's mm-hmm. it's this this is how the people are and you should believe us but once you get there you know because as as most people um should probably know uh cambodia has always been shown as like a sex capital of you know like a of of an age of the east and what's going on there is like you know children porn and all these things but like once you get there like of course any country in this world has yeah. the pits of the pits i mean that's just a given but once you get there to say that like you've been there for four months you haven't been catcalled not once i know for a fact when you invented you get catcalled on the daily like <laughs> you could be walking to the yeah. store from your house which would be yeah. a 20 minute walk and you're at least going to get catcalled like five times in that just in that walk you know so to mm-hmm. be in a totally different part of the world and not once in four four months to get catcalled that that's that's crazy you know it's just in my mind i don't i don't see how that's a possibility because of what the western world has said about cambodia over and over and over again so yeah. would you say my question in this is would you say that it is important to not only africans but to individuals all over the globe to really go and travel and see for themselves what's happening as opposed to taking you know expert advice on on on, on what's happening would you say that's a a fair statement 100% you know Before I came here obviously I did my due diligence I read blogs vlogs and all of that stuff and the one thing that's been cons- one thing I've realized consistently is that a lot of these blogs and vlogs and stuff are by like westerners and how can I say this without <laughs> nah, say it with it say it with it fuck up <laughs> say that shit It's 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 drenched in western privilege. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not written from an authentic experience. It's it's drenched in western privilege. Like um first of all when you come to when you go to a different country, you go with an you travel in general, you travel with an open mind and an open heart. Yeah. Secondly, you don't go into somebody's house, space, home, country, whatever and start disrespecting and 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 criticizing every single thing that they do that's just yeah. disrespectful <laughs> yeah. and that's what i and that's what i've that's a lot of the stuff that i've been reading or that i'd read before i came here mm. and i was like I, i was sad to to not maybe have like um a lot of like blogs and stuff written from the kamai sp- perspective from the local people here yeah. um but like i follow a couple of like instagrammers that are kamai based and like i've met a couple of friends who are kamai and like um just seeing like how they live and like how they do things and versus what i've read on blogs like the lies mm-hmm. i've read on blogs and like my personal lived experience in reality plus like the the, rela- the re- reality that i've like heard f- firsthand from my people yeah like two completely different, different. things yeah yeah but also i realized that you cannot you cannot um You see like I feel like Africa and Asia are very very similar. Mhm. Mhm. So Definitely. 
you know what I mean? In, in the way that we do things, even if you go to like home affairs here and home affairs at home, <laughs> you can see, man, these, our people are, they have, they come from the same, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like Africans yeah. and African people are like, we're, we're generally really like, we're very chilled. It's very like, uh, we're not really like in this rat race situation. Whereas Westerners feel like if I go to home affairs now, I must get help now and I must be greeted with a smile and I must be greeted like this and what, 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 what. Whereas us from an African background, I'm like, I go to home affairs with a book, yeah. with a bottle of water because I know. Sometimes you just drive past the building and be like, how long is the line? Let me look at the line first. <laughs> Let me see the line. You know, so so I, I don't think that we can really take everything in general we can't i'm never going to read a blog or a vlog or a newspaper or anything religious text or whatever and take it to be 100 absolute truth absolute. Mm -hmm. we, mm -hmm. we always have to use our discernment and i think especially so when you're reading something that comes from a westerner's perspective versus something coming from an african perspective because if you watch blogs about living in asia from the black perspective yeah and specifically cambodia from the black perspective and you and you watch it from like the white perspective it's completely two different oh, no, or the western perspective it's two completely different perspectives but, but it's two different experiences as well would you Absolutely. would you say that's a fair a fair statement and why i ask this is is because for me that's how how i how i recognized it when i was when i was in china it was yeah like as a black person in china and you have white friends that are in china it's not the same we're not living the same experience even though we go into the same classes we're, we're getting on the same subway all that it's not the same lived experience you just don't see yeah. it the same because you don't live it the same. 100 100 and like the thing about cambodia and like specifically being a black woman in cambodia is like there's like eight there's maybe like eight <laughs> to ten black women here <laughs> including myself oh, there's yeah. a lot of african men here especially west african men okay but to see a black woman is very very special over here very special they've never seen hair like ours before mm. they've never seen mm. curves or bodies like ours before um so so it's a very special thing especially like the like the local kamai people like mm -hmm. they respond with a lot of astonishment when they see me or or other black women that i've like moved around with here yeah. you know it's always like they always stop they always compliment your hair or your body or um there's just you look in their eyes and it's like they're seeing they're witnessing something special okay so you see that that's that's what i find totally weird now because mm -hmm. so you they're not just out there trying to take pictures of you slightly and all that you know and they must well, be come on they must be well they yeah, must be because in china so like, these motherfuckers weren't playing around bro <laughs> like, yeah they dead out be like <laughs> now now beauty talk, let's let's talk about uh, um about your your poetry right now i remember ooh, when, when was the first time i saw you on stage 20 2013 2012 somewhere around there somewhere yes. around there yes, uh, was, 2012. was the first time I, I saw you on stage now you've moved from uh as we would call a traditional just writing poetry you, you've done more or less also like almost a movement like mine from writing, just normally writing to then actually getting onto a spoken word stage and then from a spoken word stage being like, all right, let's get into the booth. Now, yeah. who, 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 who was it that inspired you or what, in, or what inspired you, if it wasn't a who, to, to be like, you know what, I'm going to move my poetry 
into the musical sphere and be like, let me, let me see what I can do on a beat. Let me drop some yeah. bars. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can't remember <laughs> what inspired me to, to start doing spoken word or, or performance poetry. But like at the time I was, I was, it was my first year at university and I had signed up for, for drama and part of drama is like voice and speech. So we did a lot of like, we learned how to, how to perform poetry. Yeah. And I think it was either one of my lecturers at the time or one of my classmates who was like, do you know about this thing called spoken word? And I was like, no. And they're like, wow, there's this thing called spoken word and you absolutely have to, I think we still, was it the time of auditions that time? I think it was before spoken word started doing auditions or whatever. Okay. Or, but it wasn't auditions per se, but I remember Oshi, rest in peace ah, and power. Blessed one, the blessed one. Yeah. I remember Oshi always wanted to just hear what you were going to do. She mm -hmm. didn't, it wasn't necessarily auditions at yeah, the time. Yeah. And so somebody was like, oh, do it. And here's, here's the contact and whatever. And I remember the time that everyone was supposed to go do their piece or whatever. I was traveling to Swakop. So I told Oshi, I really want to do this, but I'm leaving now. Is What can I do? Can I send you a voice note? She's like, no, she wants to see me. We met up at Louis Buerta in the parking lot. <laughs> and you dropped her right like, there. Yeah, she's like, go, do it. And she was like, you're in, wonderful. And then and I did my first spoken word, but I, I can't remember. So, so it was kind of like people being like, you should try this thing out. Mm -hmm. But when I got to spoken word and I saw the other poets, I, I saw Nunu and I was blown away. And I thought to myself, that is, that is it. You know, I, I, you. I, I, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, knew I, I would, Yeah, I knew I would never, it wasn't like, that's what I want to do, or that's how I want to be, or that's how I want to do my thing. But mm. I was like, that energy, that, mm. whatever she's doing, <laughs> I like that. I and like she exuded that. it. She she really exudes Ooh. that energy when she's on stage, when she's just speaking to you at the bar. It's literally like the same flow of like her cadence and everything. It's like exactly this. Is like what the fuck? Am I? Are you still she's performing? Amazing. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> she's so amazing. She's so. I would, amazing. I would just I like think... to say, you know, power rest in power to 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 Osh. Like a great, mm. great creative, a great person, a great soul. Um, she she helps so many people get on the, the, the oh. spoken word stage and really get out there to express themselves to their full capabilities. Um, Absolutely, yeah, so she was a, she was a great person. Um, furthermore, mm. on your on your on your poetry journey though, when you but wait decided... wait before you before you oh. go to the next question, I wasn't done answering the previous. Oh one. my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> yeah, and so and then there was a time where I was doing spoken word for a, a while, and then I kind of like dropped the ball. And I remember having a conversation with you, who has, who, you've also been one of my, my, my greatest um, inspirations. I'll tell you exactly the conversation you're going to remember. Thank you. Um, we were at Garlic and Flowers, uh -huh. and you asked me what's going on, why haven't I been to Spoken Word, or something along the lines, and I was like, ah, I don't really know, I feel really insecure about my poetry, and you're like, so? I think you said something to the lines of like, so what? Just, just go and keep doing it, and the more you do it, the more secure you'll feel in it. I think I remember this carnival. We were, we were, 
we were chilling there by the tree, the tree where I always like to dance on that rock. That was my rock, exactly. man. Fucking, whenever I got <laughs> drunk, it was me dancing on top of that fucking rock. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I remember yeah. that convo. And, and, and I actually remember what I said to you. What I said to you was, um, it doesn't fucking matter if you're insecure or if you think it's not good enough. It will be good enough the more you do it. That's yes. what I said to you. Yeah, I remember, yes. I remember that convo. Because it was something exactly. I, used, I said to myself all the time. It was like, yo, man, don't worry if anybody, nobody likes this thing. Not not one person has to clap in the car. It's fine. Yeah. Go out there, deliver this fucking thing to the best of your ability so that the next time you do it, you do it better. The next time you do it, you exactly. do it Exactly. Yeah. So, so, Damn, <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I have very good memory. I have very, very good memory. So, so, so definitely you. So you and Nunu, um, and I think especially you with transitioning from, from the poetry into the music, or combining the two, um, definitely you, Akua Naru. Mm, damn, you gonna put me up on there? <laughs> and common. Shit, I damn. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm not gonna complain about being put in that category with those people. <laughs> Fuck, who the hell's gonna complain about that shit? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and now, and, and and now that brings me to my next question, right? Um, from all the places that you've performed, you know, you've 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 performed in a lot of places. You've you've performed on on beat. You know what I mean? Like before you actually got into the studio, you decided to start doing your poetry with live music. Um, was that like a precursor that you knew you were using to get into studio and then you know do? Because your tape also is not just it's different. It's not it's not a, a poetry tape just solely a poetry tape. It's it's like a it's like a guided meditation through your mind, basically. <laughs> like it's it's um it's very unique. Nothing like that has ever come out of Namibia. I don't actually know if anything like that that I've heard of has come out of Southern Africa. Um, so, what what was the precursor that led you to that to that journey of like you know what this is what I want to do with my different yeah. parts of me, you know, poetry mixed with like just talk to us a bit about that. Yeah. First of all, thank you so much. That's the that's like my. That's the best thing I've ever heard anybody say <laughs> about about the Heal EP. It's you and then Martha Martha's Martha described it as like a music mantra. Oh, so those, damn. Those are, my, <laughs> oh, those are my top two favorite compliments ever oh, about about that project. So thank you so much. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Um so no, I never knew. Even even when I think the first time I did like something on stage with with somebody playing like an instrument or whatever, mm. I never knew that it would I would ever get to the point where I was like, okay, um, I need beats, I need um, I need musicians, I need <laughs> studio time, and all of these things, which were yeah. foreign concepts to me. I never knew that. Um, but like the precursor for me was a very spiritual, deeply spiritual experience. I, I, um, you know, for obviously like, like, like we've discussed and like, you know, because you know me personally as well. Um, I explore a lot of different methods and avenues of healing. Yeah. And, and because like, I know that we are, we're not just a physical, we're a spiritual, there's a soul body. There are like different forms of you. There's an emotional body, all of those things. So I like to experiment with different types of healing. So I actually went down the traditional healing path last year okay. where, um, you know, and I don't want to like speak on it too much because like 
um, you know, as like the healer described to me, it's like very sacred and mm. and all no, of no, that. No, 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 definitely, I, definitely. Yeah. So I don't want to speak on on exactly like what that process entailed too much, but I went on a deeply traditional spiritual healing. And right after what I want to call my my spiritual cleansing. Okay. And right what? after that, I just got hit with this with with these songs and these poems. It just came from out of nowhere and I wrote fiercely mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for like hours that night. And I just I just knew. Like I just knew that I just knew. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I got to get I got to get this out. I got to get this out right now. And that brings exactly. me to my question like everybody has a different way of of or let's say a different ritual some people call it of getting into their writing getting into that putting themselves in that space or that zone whereby they feel most comfortable creating at do you have yeah. one of those or how do you how do you get yourself to because as you said you know yeah. you were fiercely writing for like 5 hours when coming out of something so spiritual and so uplifting and so different and cleansing for you yeah but are there other times where you also just like okay this is does it just pour out randomly or is it like, uh, oh, I need to sit, I need to light some incense, I need to do this, I need to do that. Can you talk to us a yeah. bit more about your creative uh, um, um, journey in that sense? So I believe that creativity is very, very tied and interlinked to spirituality. And because I'm such a spiritual person and because I'm so deeply connected with my ancestors, mm-hmm. I believe that creative ideas and energy comes from the ancestral realm or the spirit realm whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. right it's 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 divine energy that is brought into this earth through people that we call artists or creatives or whatever okay. myself being one of them and first of all and and that's not an exclusive thing anybody can tap into creative energy at any given time i be, that's my personal belief mm-hmm. and so that being said because i'm so deeply connected with my ancestors and i'm in constant communication with them and um practicing my spirituality they are always sending me poems little gifts, gifts. <laughs> yeah they are always gifting me because i'm always open so i'm ready to write any place any time i could be in the club at 3 in the morning and the, an idea will come and i get my phone out open the notes and i just go okay. so for me to any time any place type of thing and i can also tap into it selectively so i can also just be like okay today um for example when i'm writing novels mm. like when i'm working on like like now i'm working on what i hope to be my second published novel okay that requires some sort of discipline so i can't just be randomly waiting so the idea has already been sent yeah, you know you. The, the, the idea is already here so all i had to do when the idea came was just write down this is the basic uh, storyline these are the main characters this is what's going to happen this is how it's going to end mm-hmm. now i need to be in the discipline of sitting down and being like okay you need to set apart time every day to at least write 500 words a day there to this thing mm-hmm. so there is like an element of discipline that comes to it like sit your ass down it's time to write now you know <laughs> yeah. and 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 this is this is this is kind of like also my my message for other creatives is like we need to take our craft seriously as serious as as a psychologist who studies 
a, a psychology degree for four years and then undergoes an internship where they have to work a certain amount of hours every day and they have to be tested and registered. Creatives also have to, we have to cultivate that same discipline in our creativity. You know, yeah. we can't be all willy-nilly. We are waiting for motivation to come from God knows where and whatever. Like, sit, sit the fuck down and just write something. Agreed. And come back to it later. So you, when, when the inspiration then comes, sit, then sit down with that piece and then use that inspiration that has now come to mold that piece into something greater. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, so I don't really... I don't really have have like a ritual or anything because I'm I'm Love always the practicing. Ritual, basically, <laughs> you're living the ritual. It's always there. It's always on. I got you. I got you. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Damn, man. Now that made me forget my next question because <laughs> it was like, <laughs> oh, okay. So, but you've actually answered the next question, which is, um, what would be the one piece of advice that you would give to a creative? Uh, up and coming, you know, person that's trying to in any field, but you've already literally just answered that. So yeah. now I'm gonna go to the scripted questions. You see, none of these were scripted questions yet. So, <laughs> oh, wow. Conversation, and we're at an hour. Like this is gonna be a wow. crazy editing session. So um, the first question I'm gonna ask you is the most important question of the entire interview for me. And every interview is the most important question. I think I know your answer, but like nobody else probably knows. All right. Super villains versus superheroes. Which side are you on and why? Also, like anti-heroes, like uh, the Deadpool them and, and, and Wolverine them, they all go to villains. They go to villains. They're not heroes. Oh. They're not good guys. Okay. Let's not lie. They're, they're all assholes. <laughs> so, so, so you got to choose a side and, and just let us know um, why. Why that side? Super villains. Super okay. villains because, because they are dedicated and they will stop they will stop at nothing to for their cause. You know what I mean? For me, a, 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 a real-life supervillain is somebody like, uh, you know, Malcolm X, by any means necessary. They're mm. killing us, so we're going to kill them. I'm not trying to be the, be the the bigger person. I'm trying to fucking survive. I'm trying to have my kids survive. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Mm. So by all means necessary. Uh, in X-Men, um, uh, what's, what's the guy? Is it Magneto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Magneto Mahomi. He a villain, villain, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He understands what needs to be done in order for his people to be safe. To be safe, For yeah. his people to, to, to survive. The enemy isn't thinking about being the bigger, the bigger person and who's got the most love and empathy and mm-hmm. no, that's not gonna, love is not gonna stop people from, from killing us when they're trying to, trying to gun us down every day. No! You know that as Africans for sure. Exactly. So I'm super villains all the way, baby. You I know when know. The... <laughs> that was a great answer to be honest with you. Like fuck that 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 is a great because you're right. They are very dedicated. The storylines are way more intricate. You know, um, they, they, I, I think as humans, they're a lot easier to relate to as as you know. Yeah. But superheroes is always going to be like, oh no, you came down from the sky from like another universe and like Thor, yay, <laughs> some shit. <laughs> like, but uh, no, so I totally get I totally get your answer. The next question I'm going to ask you, question number two, uh, let's see which one I'm going to go with. There's actually a third one, but I don't normally ask people it. Um, so during this time, because you're stuck in Cambodia, you know, and you, you went there for a purpose and the purpose was supposed to be done and you were supposed to be back. Um, how are you going about being able to sustain yourself during this this lockdown period, um, knowing that you were only supposed to be there for a while? So of course you didn't take 
you didn't have enough money for 18 months in Cambodia. You know, you only went there for a little while. So could you talk yeah. to us a bit about how you're actually able to survive out there and, and, and still, you know, be as awesome as you are in these difficult times? Okay. So a couple of years ago, I heard the term digital nomad for the first time and I was so intrigued. But at the time, I was doing my clinical psychology degree. So I was, you know, I was committed and I, I needed to finish my degree. Like, I, or I wanted to finish my degree. But I was interested in this thing. I heard it from a woman named Ari, and I, she has a whole website. It's called Learn with Ari. She's amazing. Anyways, um, I think I heard the term from her for the first time. And I, I DM'd her on Twitter and I asked her, what is this? I, I want to know, what are you doing? Because at the time she was traveling Southeast Asia with her toddler, and I was like, I want to do that with my son. <laughs> So I, and I, I, I DM'd her and I asked her, like, what is this about? What's the tea? And she's like, uh, somebody who would better be able to explain is somebody who's called Black Digital Nomad on, on Instagram. Okay. So I started following her story and I saw, um, I might not have my facts 100% correct, but that's how I learned about TEFL, which is teaching English as a foreign language. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. And before that... So, so then that happened. Let's put that. Let's put a pin in that. A that pin happened. In that one. So there's a digital nomad thing that happened over five years ago, and then a while after that, I met or I saw on Instagram that this this woman who I studied yoga, who I did my yoga teacher training, we did it at the same time, or she was like one of the assistant teachers where I was in training. Okay. She posted something about like an online marketing course that she was hosting. And I said, hmm, what is this? And I just told her, like, this is so interesting. And she's like, we have a scholarship up for grabs. I'm sending you the application link. I applied and I got it. So I learned how to move my work online. Mm -hmm. so I, started, I started offering my wellness coaching online um, and my yoga online. But I wasn't really taking it seriously. Okay. Until now, because now I'm forced to take it seriously. <laughs> you see, and that's that's what happens. Yeah, and 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 I don't even want to say forced. I feel like it's divine timing, divine alignment. Everything is just falling into place. Everything is already there for me. I just need to tap into it. I just need to yeah. let people know, hi, I do counseling online. I'm a wellness coach and I can coach you online. I teach yoga online. I can teach you how to meditate. I'm selling my 21-day self-love journal journey on my website. I have a plant-based guidebook coming out. I'm, you know Ooh. what I mean? So I'm using my creative energy, my talents, my knowledge, my skills to, to come through for me in this time of like uncertainty and to be honest, I feel like this was probably the boost that I needed to set me on the path of being a digital nomad because I'm obsessed with traveling. I want to show my son the world. Yep. He's already doing home, a combination of world schooling and homeschooling. And plus, I'm a qualified TEFL teacher. So, mm -hmm. like, who better to... Who better, yeah. <laughs> it's like, why am I paying somebody else for this shit, bro? <laughs> exactly. When I can educate and teach my son... And give him even more knowledge in a safe space. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
because we all know that that schools, traditional hey. schooling, can be bullshit. It's rough, but man. you know, all of those things, things are kind of falling into place for for what I believe is my destiny as a as a in my work as a digital nomad and and and, and an international artist because I I also came here with the idea like I was gonna do spoken word and then they cancelled it they because canceled of everything. all of these. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm gonna have my first spoken word outside of Namibia, all of those things. But like, I'm still gonna get back on track with all of those things once, <laughs> once things are not back to normal, but have realigned Line, to yeah. fit the new normal. Agreed. Agreed. So, so, so that's how I'm. That's how I'm doing. That's how I'm. I'm, I'm sustaining myself. I'm hustling. And then also, I get by with a little help from my family. <laughs> my family. Now that brings me to. <coughs> Sorry, that brings me to two questions. Mm-hmm. I stopped smoking cigarettes, so like, you know, the the body's reacting. So I got I, I cough at random fucking times. I'm like, damn it, I hate this. Yeah. Shit. Um, but <laughs> but um, it's not that Rona, is it? Nah, 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 nah. We've been we've been tested. We're good out here. Okay, good okay, out okay. Also, okay. I was social distancing since before this fucking shit hurt like hit down and I was like oh okay yeah. I'll just keep staying at home then fuck it <laughs> you know uh, but what I wanted yeah. to say is so the, the term digital nomad I'm actually very familiar with um, you actually have met one in real life that was in Namibia um, Malkovich that is what he oh. does he is oh. a digital nomad he's always been uh, wow. since like, that's how he started the one bag journey he because oh. if you think about it he does all of his business internationally while he travels mm-hmm. with that mm-hmm. one bag of his so mm. yeah, he's a digital nomad. That's how I came across the term first. Uh, ah. first I came across, it. and he gave me like so much material. So I know exactly what you mean by digital nomad. And it is an online hustle. That's basically it's like it's like saying, "Yo, you man, I'm gonna take my entire that. toolbox of skills and talents, and I'm gonna fucking make money, bro. <laughs> like I'm exactly. gonna sell it like it's crack." <laughs> exactly. And you know what? Like the beautiful thing is right now about my specific situation, schools are shut down almost everywhere in the world. Meaning. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the people who have access um, are doing online schooling. Yeah. And guess who is a qualified English teacher? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And also with that certificate, because I, so when I was in China, I knew a lot of guys that actually had that that, that TEFL certificate um, from yeah. the US, from South Africa, from different places in the world. Um, actually, my ex girlfriend or ex ex girlfriend that I was dating when I was there, she was teaching mm-hmm. English in China, um, saving up to do her master's degree. Ah. So, yeah. Oh, you get you paid. Actually, you actually were one of the people who who told me about. Um, looking into that when I said oh, like yeah. I really want to travel I really want to do this I really want to do that I remember you actually sent me a message about because um, yeah, you make mad money that way you can make a good like shit like I know Especially like the girl I was dating China. was making like something like yeah yeah after, yeah. after t- deductions and everything like that was just like it's insane <laughs> it's insane like, what <laughs> I know what do you mean and like it was, I know. It was it was really crazy. But um, yeah. I, I say that to say that not I don't think enough. Or, or would you say enough creatives are looking at all of the things that are available to them and then making an informed decision, or are they just going with, oh my friend's doing this, so I'm gonna do it, or I heard of, are they really doing enough research? Do you think creatives are doing enough research to to be able to maximize what they can do with their talents? I'm gonna say no. Because I myself, I myself don't. Let me tell you something. 
especially like Namibian creatives. I know back home we complain a lot about not having enough support and love for the arts and all of that stuff. But we can be taking it if we just tapped into all these different opportunities out there. There are grants for creatives. Yep. If you if you go online and you look, people will pay you to write articles for their magazines, mm. um, residencies. residencies, they will pay for your flights, they will pay for your accommodation. Um, I mean, in, in any area of your life, like, yep. I mean, I got a yoga scholarship. I got a scholarship to go, a full scholarship to go and learn how to teach yoga. Yep. Um, I, I, I've been paid to write for magazines all over the world. Um, 500 words. It's nothing. <laughs> I can do it in my sleep. Words is, exactly. 500 words is nothing. There are um, people who will pay you if you have like a, a manuscript of a novel. There are scholarships for the, uh, not scholarships, there are um, grants for that. They mm -hmm. will pay you for your manuscript. There's another scholarship that I saw that essentially you have to send them in like a certain amount of words contributing to your novel. And they pay you every time you submit words, they pay you for your words. Literally get paid for the word. <laughs> I've heard of artists being given grants for a whole year to sustain your accommodation, mm -hmm. food, whatever, your livelihood for a whole year, just so that you can create for a whole full year and rehearse with your with your band. Yeah, yeah. It's insane. I'm, I'm signed up to this, um, it's called Creative Writing News. So mm -hmm. I, I get emails whenever there's an opportunity for writers. And another beautiful platform to look at is, is opportunities for Africans. Boom, you're just creative. plugging them out here. You're giving these people. You see, this is what I'm talking about. You're helping these creatives. Keep going. Keep going. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. So, for me, it's just a thing of, I think people just like to be spoon-fed a lot, especially as as not just creatives, but as Namibians in general. Um, I actually had an <sighs> argument with somebody on Twitter where they were like, yeah, you know, you got a scholarship, but the scholarship should come to us in the village. And I'm like, my guy, when I was in China, Right, I was the only Namibian yeah. in my entire university, but I had like you know, like fifteen Kenyans in the university, seven of them which were in my freaking class, and all yeah. of them came from different works of life. You know, none of them were privileged. These guys came mm. from different villages, went to the main town where the embassy was to go find out are there scholarships mm. I want to study. Why do mm. we feel so entitled? And I say that to say that these opportunities that you're talking about are not new. These sites didn't yeah. just come up yesterday, you know? They've been yeah. out there, but as creatives and as just people in general, we, we like to be led instead, yeah. of, <laughs> instead of, you know, yeah. being out there first. So for you, I, 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 and, and again, I say all of this to say the fact that you took that initiative to push further and be like, hold on, I know if there's a thing like a digital nomad, there must be something else for me as well. And built a repertoire on how I'm going to survive. So sell like really big ups to you for all of that you like you like the hustler of all hustlers you're showing people how to do it out here <laughs> and like i mean i must say like i don't want to ever speak for for any other person like i can only also speak for myself like but like and and i am a very privileged person like i'm a very privileged black person um and oh wow this light is like insane right now <laughs> 
Um, do I look like a ghost? Because I look like a ghost over here. <laughs> I'm trying to like. As you, as I'm trying to like. Pictures. Okay. Um, so obviously, like people have different struggles in their lives, and you know, for some people, it's it's easy to even get out of bed. For other people, it's a challenge to get out of bed. Um, a lot of people are also like very feel very defeated by their situations and like and that's okay because like life is hard life is hard and like the systems that are put in place make life makes life harder for for a lot of us you know especially if we're coming from previously disadvantaged backgrounds and people who are currently still in those in those situations you know what i mean um but but my message is mostly for 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 creatives that who are in a place of privilege because i mean a lot of the creatives that I know personally mm-hmm. are are not underprivileged, That's you know, right. are not are, are not living in poverty. We have yep. access to to information. A lot of us have smartphones. You can apply for a lot of these things from your phone. Yep. The same way you use your phone to scroll Instagram and watch stories and make TikTok videos and all of that stuff. Um, we can do it. We can do it. We have the access. And 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 you know, if anything. We should be the ones who are paving the way, um, and 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 sort of like you know, um, I know you are one of those people who definitely like you shared your experience with the scholarship and you've told people about it who have asked and all of that yeah. stuff, you know. And at the end of the day, like you can't you you can apply for somebody, but like let's face it, nobody's going to take the time to sit down and and, and no. pull out a whole application form <laughs> for somebody else. Nobody's going to do that. It's already a lot of work. Like shit, I don't even want to do that shit for myself. Exactly. I'm not gonna sit down and do it for the next person. But I hear what you're saying. Like, um, there have been a lot of initiatives that I've even been a part of directly, or I know that like people really close to me have been a part of where we try to provide like one of those things where you try to help somebody apply for something or give them, yep. you know, bring the thing to them or whatever it is. And a lot of people just don't. They just don't show up. And like. I also understand that because when you are living in in a destitute situation, it's very difficult for you to even believe that yeah. you you can try, that you will get the scholarship, that you will get this opportunity. Because a lot of these things are are painted in in a light that like makes it seem like you can only get this thing if you went to Delta Primary yeah, School, exactly. or you can only get get this thing if you went to UNAM or if you went to UCT or whatever the case is. And it's not like that a lot. So there's a lot of misinformation. And stuff like that, and I, I do think it is up to us, like who are in in better situations, yeah. to to try and get the information at least out there, and you know, like um, I, um, yeah, just to try and get the information out there. But at the end of the day, um, there's also you know you, you can also only do so much. Yes. And yes. and but I what I'm what I'm basically trying to say is I understand the people who who don't apply for these things and go for these opportunities because it's easy to feel defeated in a society that is always trying to defeat you. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been From the Jump. This is Sage Smoke, also known as Beauty, the one and only. Thank you for coming through. Thank you so much, Nico. This was such an absolute pleasure. I, I know people are going to learn a lot from it, so no, no. Thank you. This has been your interview. I'm, I'm just a facilitator, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more than an ill-conceived fantasy. You see, I constantly think about one, yet seem to dream about another, making it almost impossible to visualize myself being with